0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I am here with Nathan Webner of Short Action Precision. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, I can't complain, man. It's hot as hell out here in California, but it can't be any better
1: where you are. <laughs> Dude, we finally got rain here in Arizona, so uh, we're pretty happy right now.
0: Nice. So for everybody who's not familiar with who you are, can you give us a quick uh, rundown of uh, your background?
1: Uh, so I'm Nathan Webner. I, uh, I started shooting a, a competitive uh, precision rifle back in, I think I want to say it was oh9 or 2010, somewhere right around there. And uh, I can't, I was in the L.A. area. That's where I was living at. I was uh, in the entertainment industry, acting and all that kind of junk. So we didn't have a lot of options as far as uh, for like accessories goes for all the local guys. So that's kind of how I started short action precision. I kind of like wanted to get the locals you know product that they could come over and get right away so i kind of like started basically that you know started like okay let's get some rings some bases for the guys who want to get into this whole thing and that was in 2010 or 2011 right then and that's kind of how i opened up this whole pandora's box and how we kind of created sap and that was like the really early beginnings and yeah and we grew it into what it is now
0: that's awesome i mean from basically humble beginnings to a well recognized name brand manufacturer for the shooting sports in just a few years, that's pretty badass.
1: We uh we started off very small, you know, just a small investment. You know, everything we we made, you know, we turned back in and put it into our company. And we wanted to give like all our friends, you know, because we all this this shooting community it's grown so much, but it's still tight knit, you know what I mean? Everybody all the shooters support each other in this, in this industry, as well as, you know, the businesses in the industry that support them. So basically, I mean, you know, we, we started out trying to take care of our, our, the guys we would shoot with at the monthlies and all that. And eventually we turned that into, uh, our first product was actually, uh, we came up with the new rifle sling and that's what, you know, our current SAP sling, we came up with that. We started with that product and that's when I realized, you know, there's, you know, I, I wanted to make a good product that fit a niche that people actually wanted to use, not just come up with a bunch of different ideas and then hopefully one stuck. So the next product we came up with, which we're most known for, is the two-round holder. You know, we saw that in use. We, You know, there's similar products in, like, the three-gun market. Basically, we saw, you know, a niche for this idea, and we put it in there. And so that's kind of what really blew up SAP, I feel like. Everybody knew the two-round holder. And so, you know, and it's such a small little product, but what's cool is almost like 90% of the Instagram pictures you see out there, the Facebook posts, you'll see a little two round holder. And that's been kind of like our calling card. You know, it's been pretty cool to see that.
0: No, it's actually, it's a phenomenal product because it's one of those items. It's an accessory that you don't think twice about, but you know, you have to have it. So it's like you, you order your rifle, you get going and it's like, okay, I got my rings. I got my scope. I got my bipod. I got this. And I got my short action precision two round holder. I'm good to go.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great little product. And the thing what's crazy is, you know, once you get into precision rifle, it, you know, you realize, oh, it's not a cheap sport. But that little product, it's like I thing. It's probably one of the cheapest accessories out there for precision rifle. <laughs> right. You know? And so it, it doesn't hurt the bank. But it is, you know, when you start shooting matches, you realize, like, I don't. I mean, even if it takes you two or three matches, all of a sudden you forget to load an extra round in your magazine, or you have a light primer strike. That's when that sucker comes in handy, and you're it's you're thankful that you have it on your rifle. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, it's Good. a total lifesaver. Mm-hmm. We um we just shot the local PBR yesterday, and there was a twelve round stage, so it was immediately. I I don't even think about it. I always have my um, my two round holder always loaded, and when I get to the range, I load my mags and I put two into the yeah the holder. And it was like, oh, shit, it's a 12-round stage. So immediately I just went to that, and it was easy. I didn't have to remember to load or grab two extra
1: rounds out of the bag. Yeah, it's it's a great little tool, you know, to have in the kit. And, it, and, it, and again, it doesn't break the bank, you know? And we, we started off with just the standard one for, you know, for just the 308 base cartridges, you know? And so eventually, you know, we got so many, uh, so many requests like Magnum and all this. And so we went with the Magnum round and we made them, the loops a little bigger and you could fit up to a 50 cal in the Magnum ones and uh, the elastic stretch is pretty good, but you know, none of us are running 50 cals. Um, but uh, so then we came out with the two two three. We have one for a two two three base cartridge, and now we actually have a twenty two mag holder for like the CZ's, for the Savages, and all those kind of those you know thinner style mags for the twenty two guys. And uh, that's been we got that you know that's been great uh, success as well. Had a lot of good, uh, a lot of good things, but you know from the shooters about that you know coming out with that. And
0: all oh, that absolutely. Stuff. I run one on my CZ four fifty five. It's right there, holds an extra mag. It's been a lifesaver as well. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because you have people like yourselves that are innovative and creative, and you think of a unique product, and all of a sudden you come out with it, and the industry sees it, and it's a big success. But now you start to see imitators or, or, or people that are copying almost an exact replica of that. How does that make you guys feel or, or react as a
1: manufacturer in this industry? You know, I, I mean, it, it's you know we're not the only ones to be copycatted. I mean the biggest one I found was you know was uh, Webed. You know Webed's another one. They're pump pillow, right. You know that thing's been made you know twenty times over. But they're the originators. You know and same with the two round holder is it's like what can you do? You can't patent this product because all you need to do is change one little thing and then somebody could you know what I mean? It, it right. they could just make their knockoff version. But what's been cool about our our industry and our community is they rally behind their own. You know what I mean? So we came out with this literally in 2010 or 2011. I forget. I have, like, emails. I remember when we first made it. And, uh, you know, so we – eight years product, eight years old. You know what I mean? We saw – the first one I saw, Copycat, was over in uh, Europe, I believe. And uh, whatever. What are you going to do? You know, it's over in Europe. But then we started getting some, like, on the West Coast. It's like, what the heck, dude? You know, you're totally ripping off our product. And it's like, come on. So, the one, now, one of them that I, I have no issues with, you know, and it, it's a different product. It's made out of a different material. I'm not going to mention the name, you know, whatever. But, they, you know, they kind of did something different, and that's fine. You know what I mean? But when you blatantly rip off, you know, the webbing and the elastic and all that, it's like, come on. Come up with your own idea here. And, you know, and then it's – the the big frustrating part is when some of the bigger industry companies kind of, like, don't care, you know, and they support those guys. It's like – you're taking money away from my kid's mouth. You know what I mean? Like food away from my kid's mouth. Right. And, uh, but, uh, the big thing was that what th- we actually, the two rounder was developed by a good friend of mine, James Jeffries. And, you know, and he's like, Hey man, this is, this is what I think you guys should do. You know, and he came up with the idea. And so he's actually the innovator for that thing. And I cannot thank him enough. And so he's like, you know, run with it. You know, this is, I think this'd be a great product for you guys to do. Um, but as far as like imitate, you know, the knockoffs, we're okay with it, or not okay with it. Let me say, we're we're not gonna. The community supports themselves in an amazing way. You know, I've seen it multiple times where somebody literally blatantly rips off, like uh, I think it was the Game Changer. You know, and dude, the community was like came out with pitchforks and tor- torches. You know, and they've done it <laughs> for the Two Rounder too. I've seen it because I think it was that same company who was ripping it off as well. And it, so the support is there. You know we're thankful for the customers we have for the friends we've had in this industry and all that. And it comes back tenfold. You know, we were thankful that we get to support the matches that we can in, in the extent that we can, you know, I mean, we try, we literally try to support almost every match, but it's getting harder to with, you know, the amount of matches that are out right. there. But, but in giving that support that we can offer, I mean, we get that support back so much, and it's it's great. You know, we we hear about hey, you know, we get the thank yous for supporting the matches. We see it in just you know the customer base that we have and all that. It's it's really nice, you know.
0: No, that's phenomenal. I know that with the NRL and the NRL Twenty Two, you guys have been huge sponsors for those two series, and hopefully, you know, you're seeing that return on uh on investment for you guys. Because I know every time we go out, besides the two round holder, I mean. You're seeing your slings out there. You're seeing the solo sacks. You're yeah. seeing
1: a bunch of different SAP products. It, you know, it's, it's when I first started this, you know, because, I mean, again, like I said, we were we were such a small community, and I wasn't even in the first few matches, you know. I'm back when the Cup started and all that stuff. It's like, I think my first match was, it was 2010 or 2011. It was score high, Charlie Roberts. Charlie Roberts or Roberts? And I always get those two good last names <laughs> confused. But it, Char- Charlie... Uh, from score high he started that was his first match and um so and that was before there was a ton of matches people had a hard time getting in but what was cool is it's like i always wanted to support these guys you know to like dude i wish i can get to the point where my business can afford to sponsor these you know and and we try to sponsor as much as we can but you know like we give our usually what we do is we we give a sap big package away where they get one of our um Products every you know with a SAP brand product they get one of everything you know, and so I think it's it's a like a retail value like five hundred dollars you know and and I love being able to do that you know what I mean it's just it's it's something so small but we're we're at a point where our business you know we're doing good this 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 market is blown up but we can give back and to to my friends you know that I've made in this community and that's really fun you know it's really cool to do that absolutely
0: I remember. I'm doing a little bit of a throwback here. I think the first time I met you guys, um, you were still on, or Team Rhino was still in existence. Oh, yeah,
1: Team Rhino, yeah. <laughs> we did that for, I think we did that for a year or two, two years, yeah. Two seasons, shall we say. And, dude, what I liked about Team Rhino was, because I was never all about being a sponsored shooter. Uh, I didn't want the, you know, um, shall we say, you know, what all comes with that, you know, because I just want to run what I want to run, you know what I right. mean? But it happened to be the most of the sponsors we've, we had were all the gear we already used, you know, and it was, and they were friends of ours and companies that supported us, you know, since day one. And yeah, team Rhino, man, that was fun. It was just a bunch of us being, you know, friends getting together and just, you know, doing them. That's what just cool. having fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you guys, what I really liked about team Rhino was when you guys were kicking that off was kind of when I started into the community, and I remember watching all of the Team Rhino guys just hanging out, having a good time, going to dinner together, having drinks together. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is what it's really about is these guys,
1: all of us just being friends. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I, <laughs> I was just talking to some guys. Some, you know, we we're talking about uh, sponsored shooters and stuff. And to me, it's it's that's what's really kept me in this sport is the community the friendships you've made it's not about whether you're getting first place or second you know top three or top 10 whatever i would rather you know sponsor a you know a third top 30 guy than sometimes if a top you know top five guy because it's to me it's not necessarily about how you shoot it's about who you are as a person in the community what you do for the community you know what i'm saying right absolutely there's some top, you know, top shooters, you know, guys who are getting first and second place where it's like, eh, that's good. You know, you're you're doing your kick ass shooter, but not necessarily somebody I want to sponsor, not the sponsor. I'm, you know, type of person I'm looking to sponsor. You know what I mean? Right. I'd rather give it to a guy who's out there helping the new shooters, you know, helping at the monthlies and all this stuff, you know, giving back to the community. And that's where I think this this uh, this community has been really great. And that's why we have blown up to where we have, you know, exactly. we got. We got how many, you know, national level matches now? Back when I was doing it, was like four, five, maybe six, you know. And it, you had to get your email off like within one minute before it was filled up, you know. And I remember NorCal's was so bad. You know, it's like, oh, man, I want to so get in. And <laughs> it would fill up literally within five minutes. And if you screwed, you know, you didn't get, you didn't make that email, you're, you, that was it. And that was probably one of the only matches, you know, you could attend for the first three months. Right. So it, it's crazy wh- how, you know, far we've come. It is, and, I mean, it's funny
0: you mentioned NorCal. We just opened up registration not even a month ago for NorCal, and I think uh, I was told within the first hour that match w- was sold out. I mean, it's still one of the most sought-after matches to be a part of.
1: You know, it's it's a great match. They have an amazing facility up there because um, you get the paper stage, you know, the long-range paper. I think they usually do like eight, nine, and a 1,000. Right. Um, and so that's awesome. And then you have the short bay, you know, short steel bay and the long steel bay. It it's a great match and those guys really know what they do. They've been running that match for a while. I think since 2007 maybe, maybe even earlier, but uh, Vu, uh, I think Justin Lag is up there. He's running it this year. I think some I think he's running it. Somebody's running it. Yeah, Justin's and, uh, uh, running it. Yeah, and then um, you got Brian Sanders and Jacob Denny, guys who are part of that club up there, you know, who've been doing it for a long time. They run an amazing match, and it's a good course of fire, you know, nothing too crazy, you know. It's pretty practical, you know, hence, right. the, you know, hence that, all that. So, yeah, it's definitely
0: a good time. So, mm-hmm. speaking of all of these matches and, and being a sponsor, I mean, between the, the two major series in the nation right now, I, there's literally a match every weekend right it seems like it, it now it, you know it's it's crazy and from your perspective not only as a sponsor uh, a sponsor like you sponsor other people and manufacturer or whatnot but also as a shooter even though i know you're not shooting as much as you used to nowadays because of work and whatnot um do you think having this many matches in a 12-month period is a good thing bad thing or indifferent?
1: I think, you know, I just saw, you know, a post uh, from you that uh, was it Mississippi Meltdown. Was that the one that they had to like that's the only like bad side to it is you can't just fill up a match in five minutes or, you know, within an hour. So there is more competition for match directors. So as a shooter, you have so many more options. Right. I mean, East Coast has so many good matches. The West Coast has great matches like there's good matches everywhere used to be, you know down at K&M and Core, you know, and it was only those places. And then uh, Butch's and, and, you know, and so I think it's a good thing because you have so many new shooters who can get that chance to go to a bigger match. And, ex- you know, cause I'll tell you what. Those bigger matches definitely are what separate you from, a, you know, as a monthly shooter, you know, getting a first place or second place in a monthly shoot compared to going to a big match. You're shooting 2 days, you know, 100 rounds each usually, and it definitely separates, you know, those guys from the the really good shooters. Um, and but yeah, what's cool is it's been up it's it's caused the match directors to up their game. You know, I went to one match where it was the same stages, and a lot of of guys do this, where it's the same stages the first day as the second day. To me, it's like, eh, I get it if you only have so much room. But you go to a different match where it's completely, 20 completely different stages. Heck, yeah, that's, you know, I'm going to enjoy that more than shooting the same fire pretty much two days in a row. But I also get it. Sometimes you got to work with what you have. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and that's... You know, in the past, that's what we found was uh, the hardest issue with throwing matches was available land.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. And I heard a lot of guys; uh, they were saying, you know, then you you get it on private land, and then it's the guy if you if the match director is not the one owning the land. Sometimes the the landowner realizes, oh man, I can make so much money off this. And it's like, wait a minute, you don't know what goes into this. You right. don't know the amount of hours trying to find the volunteers, and it, that's when it you know, and it kills a match.
0: You know. It does. It, it does. And with the sport growing so big and so many matches popping up everywhere, you also get the other side of people that think that they can throw a match on a national oh, yeah. level that don't quite understand the mechanics
1: of what yep. all is involved. Mm -hmm. even some shooters you know like i've seen shooters who you know good shooters but they've never ran a match or even like a monthly maybe they ran a couple monthlies whatever and they're trying to do a a national level match it's like dude you got to realize how much goes into that you know i've i've ro'd a crap ton of matches you know even the big stuff and even i don't realize like sometimes all the stuff that goes into these big big level matches i mean so much respect to these match directors absolutely you know i think the biggest respect I always get is from the RO is to the ros, because you're taking people out of their weekend, you know, where they could be going boat and go and do whatever they want to be doing. And they're coming to sit there and glass usually in the sun or even in the rain, you know, and take their time off to let you have fun, even though you're paying for it. These guys aren't getting paid nothing. You know right. what I mean? So my hat is off to all the ros, you know, and, and what irks me is when you get those those guys who, like, just hound the ROs, like, oh, that was a hit, that was a hit. It's like, dude, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, just cut these ROs a break, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it's hard because a lot of these guys take this ultra competitive and they're there for, you know, every half a point that they can get. And you have other guys out there that, we're you know, we're out there just to have fun, have a
1: good time hanging out with our friends and sling lead, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I get it because there's a, the issue now is there's so much money involved where, you know, it is a professional sport. I mean, you know, to some extent, I mean, we're all amateurs, right? But until some extent, you know, you got some real money on the table and prizes, but it's like, man, my personality is like, okay, you didn't call it a hit. Yes. I'm going to be frustrated, but I'm not going to take it out on this guy right here. It's like you move on, you know? Right. But that, but not everybody's like that, and I get it. It's just kind of frustrating when you see that or when somebody does that to you. Oh, dude, I'm kind of like a man. I don't, uh, I don't usually take too much crap when I'm an RO. You <laughs> it's like you better call a master because I'm about to boot your ass, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so, let's talk about your shooting career. You've been shooting for quite a while. Um, for our listeners that aren't familiar with Nathan, Nathan uh, is a
1: little person. Yeah, correct. Uh, I have a form of dwarfism called achondroplasia. And uh, when I first uh, came up with a company name, you know, I was like, what can we do? Because I didn't want to like a total blatant, like, hey, I'm a little person, you know. But so I came up with short action precision. And that's when, you know, kind of people kind of got, you know, like, oh, that's what I I get you. Okay, you know. So that's how the name kind of came up was because I'm a little person, you know. Um, I started shooting, like I said, in 2009, 2010-ish. There was what I thought was cool is. There's not a lot of limitations, uh, for me being short, you know, with running the rifle, you know? So pretty much the rifle is going to do the same as, you know, somebody else's rifle. The only issues I have, in, like where I find that it's, you can be challenging is like barricades, uh, certain props, you know what I mean? But what I ended up finding out was I brought what I call my tactical stool. Oh, it's yeah. uh, just a little collapsible stool that I could attach to my backpack, you know, and then bust it off for whatever stage I was at. And, uh, like, for some of the um, the barricades, I have to use that for the top runs, you know. And for the most part, ROs, match directors, have been super, like, cool with, like, hey, if you need a cooler for this stage, you know, to stand on totally, you know. Because it's not like it's giving me an advantage, you know what I mean? Right. But uh, it has been a little bit challenging, but not bad at all, you know what I mean? If I, I remember one stage where, like, I literally can't shoot the stage. But I didn't whine. I'm like... You know what? Give me a zero. I don't because I don't want to jeopardize safety, you know, and all this. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. And uh, so it's like that's that's part of what I got to deal with. You know, you just it off, keep going. But um, yeah. No. And the funny part about it
0: is even with what some people would consider a disadvantage, you don't. You go out there and you still, you know, kick butt. You're you're always have a smile on your face. You're always having a good time. And you're running it as hard or harder
1: than a lot of other people. You know, and the one thing I, I kind of knew, and it's not necessarily because of my height, you know what I mean? Is I, I shot, you're, you're correct. I was shooting like way more matches in the beginning. And now with the the business getting as crazy, it's, it's been, it's been hard to, you know, commit to these matches and, you know, take the time really to practice. Like just shooting the monthlies has been really a struggle for me lately. But, uh, i never saw myself as like a top 10 shooter. You know what I mean? All what I've always done for, I'd never competed against anybody else, but myself. Right. So like, I know when I did well at a match, even if I got last place, it doesn't matter because it was like what I screwed up on. Could I have done better on that? Of course I could. So what, you know what I mean? Uh, my best match was in NorCal a few years back. I think I got 18th or 19th. That was my first top 20. I was like, Oh my gosh. But it was cool because it was like, Like I knew like I was doing well for myself because I was like, I'm not missing any of these. I'm doing good on this and this. It wasn't about the placement I did. That was literally one of my perfect matches because there was only like one stage where I might have you know, like I walked away and was like, Man, I could have done better on that one. The rest I was like, Yeah, I did good, you know? So I never try to compete against anybody except for myself.
0: And that's awesome. I'm kind of the same way. I mean I, I compete just to have fun and hang out with guys and, and be on the line and and try to learn a little bit. but at the end of the day, I'm just there to have fun and, and to try to better what my
1: capabilities are. Yeah, you know and, and and I know I get it that's it's a different type of personality than some people in the sport, and that's fine. You know what I mean? It's just who I am.
0: No and that's and that's awesome. So we're starting to see more and more people with um, for lack of a better term, a handicap. So we'll start to see vets that are coming out that are that have uh, amputated arms or or legs yeah. or they were battle wounded somehow. And we're starting to see more of these people come out to the precision rifle matches, which I think is freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it is really awesome.
0: You know, what 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 do you say to the listener out there who, you know, they they might be missing a limb or they might be a little bit shorter or maybe they're they th- feel that they're too big, they're too overweight to do this. I mean, yeah. you, you've overcome a ton of different challenges. Um, what would you say to these guys that have that mentality regardless of
1: what they perceive to be a handicap? You know, because I mean, everybody's different, right? Like uh, everybody has their own challenges. Obviously, you know, um, uh, a, a guy I got to meet is uh, Jorge, you know, Jorge, right? Yep. Or, yeah. Okay. It's so horrid. You know, dude, I mean, that dude kills it. He goes out there and he he's not letting anything stop him. You know what I mean? My hat is off to that dude. Like, I'm like that props to that guy, man. You know, it's so I don't know. You know, it's like, dude, try it. You know, there's obviously there's going to be limitations for anyone, you know, Right. But why not just get out there and do it? There's I, The funny thing is I saw a lot of just people without limitations, you know, like, oh, you don't know, want to practice before I even come to a monthly. I was like, dude, no, monthlies are great practice. Come on out. Don't be nervous. Don't be scared. You know, because this community is so welcoming, but like, you don't have all the gear. Who cares? Come. Somebody's going to let you borrow a bag. Somebody's going to let you borrow, you know, something. If you're you need a taller bipod take yours off somebody will you know toss you one uh but for the guys like who who are challenged obviously different you know keep, try it come on out you know figure it out because yeah it, the communities it's it's crazy how that's what's really driving this sport is the community the welcomeness the 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 kindness you know that helps out in this obviously not, not everybody's like that but come try it you know especially i mean after seeing some of these guys you know with uh um, you know missing both their legs and they're out there freaking running these running gun courses you know and it's like dude they're killing it i mean he's way better than me you know it's like that's awesome you know so it's it's just you know it's nothing's gonna stop him. i guess
0: you know what i'm saying right i mean to me as long as you can safely manipulate your weapon platform yeah come out
1: man have fun yeah Mm -hmm. you know I i mean there's a there's a pistol shooter guy Uh Barely, I, f- I forgot his name. I remember seeing him on Instagram and YouTube videos, and they modified his pistol. Like he can, he, you know, a normal pistol he couldn't. Yes. Manipulate. Have you, do you know who I'm talking about? He, yeah, I uh, forget his name. I, I met him not, a
0: couple of times. I can't remember off my head. Like
1: very few fingers or something, and, and you know, it's kind of uh, Hunter, I think, arms. is his name. Yeah, I, I, and so, but that guy, man, he is killing it. But he can function his his pistol. He know you know they adapted it. So if you have issues with that, talk to a, like a guns. Talk to somebody on the you know the N R L pages or the other page. You know, I'm sure somebody could help you figure something out to how to like you said how to manipulate it safely and all that. And man, you know, just try.
0: Absolutely, you just got to get out there and do it. And I don't think I've ever met anybody who's actually shot a match that at the end of the day said this isn't for me. I think it's the opposite. I think it's like, oh, man, I just got the most expensive hobby in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's because, I mean, I yeah, I don't know, man. It's fun, you know, because, I mean, when I first, when I first, I did a clinic back in, you know, when I first got into it, I had a, a Remington 700 and a ch- uh, AI chassis with, I was shooting 168s, and they're like, they had this played out at 1,000 yards. And this is what sucked me in with, from the beginning. You know, I had a Falcon scope, a Falcon Menace, dude. That thing was it, I mean, it was <laughs> it, it functioned. You know, for the time being, uh, but that was my first scope. It was like a three hundred dollar scope, but I hit that sucker. I think it was the first time I missed it. I saw my correction, so uh, you know, I Kentucky windage, and I, I hit it. I'm like, holy cow, no way! I hit a thousand yards. You know, and then I proceeded to hit it two more times, but I hit it with a one sixty eight. And I, I mean that sucker was tumbling. I guarantee you it was tumbling he at, just that, lit up. at that distance, right? Because it was it was factory federal gold medal match. But then no it wasn't until like like maybe six months after I got into it, I didn't realize how big the plate was. You know, it was probably like a four by eight sheet of plate. But right. it didn't matter to me at the time. I was like, I couldn't believe I hit a thousand yards. Now we're like, whatever, you know what I mean? That's you know, give me, you know, a twenty inch plate, sixteen inch plate, whatever, a thousand, that's what we're shooting, whatever the size is, you know. Right. So, but that's what got me hooked, and I don't see how that, you know, like I, there's got to be so many other people like that that have those stories and how they get sucked into it. And uh, what's been cool, I think that's gotten a lot of new shooters in, is like like was who was the first one? Was it Ruger, like with the entry level you know rifles now. You right, know with what I mean? the RPR. Yeah, I mean you're you're set. You know, you don't have to get any other. You don't have to get any other modifications to it. You can literally run it out of the box. I think Savage has one now. Back in my oh, day, it has a great it, one. Yeah, Ohio. Yeah, and, and uh, there's a couple other brands. And but back in our day, we had the 700P. You know, every, if you want an entry level, just buy the 700P from Remington. And then you know, eventually you got a uh, did a bolt knob on it. Then eventually you you rebarreled it, you trued the action. You know what I mean? But that was all you had, and it was still expensive. Now you out of the box. I think that's really drawn a lot of new shooters to the sport, and that's kind of what's like grown it or started this you know mass like you know right. influx of shooters and i mean <laughs> i guarantee you a lot of shooters go from that that uh that uh ruger for the first season and be like all right i want a custom you know what i mean they then they're getting the action <laughs> then they're getting the barrel the manners the McMillan, whatever it have you you know and going from there so it's, it's cool. the gateway rifle oh dude it's horrible <laughs> yeah i mean because I, I had that falcon and i had it for like Maybe a few weeks after I shot that, boom, bought a Knight Force. You know, and that was my first line. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got to already upgrade. I upgraded that rifle so quick. I got rid of, the, you know, the just the standard Remington 700. You know, got a Trued one, you know, custom barrel. It's, it was so quick, and I was hooked.
0: It, it, it's crazy because there are so many different options out there to oh, upgrade or to modify yeah. your rifles now. It's, mm-hmm. I and mean, just, you can,
1: Good. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just actions alone. You know, back in, we had, you pretty much had two options back then. You had Defiance or Surgeon. the Surgeon was only a right-handed back then. You know, or Remington, obviously. Um, but that was it, you know? It, well, sorry, Stiller was back there, too. But now, dude, how many different names have can you hear? You know, you got Impact, you got Surgeon, you got Defiance, you got, um, what are the other ones? Bighorn. You got Art, Art, American Rightful Company. You got Kelby's. You know, there's so many many different ones out there that you can choose from, you know, and it's good because what I've seen is it's the prices have gone down. You know what I mean? Yes. Everything was, you know, between 13 and $1,400 and you can go higher, you know, if you want with like a badger or an AI, whatever, but um, everything's gone down, which is great for the end user, you know, the customer. And that's really cool.
0: Absolutely. So we got a few more minutes here. And we've all been hearing, or at least in the, you know our circle in so- SoCal, we've all been hearing oh, about the, the new <laughs> Sapsling.
1: Oh, Sapsling, yes. Okay, yeah, dude. <laughs> you thought I was going to say something else. Uh, we'll, we'll talk we'll, about the Sapsling. We'll sling. talk about that one in a second. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, the new Sapsling, dude. So we've been working on this stupid thing for – it's not stupid. We've been working on this thing for about three years, right? So, it, you know, we wanted to – create the better mousetrap and we think we got it you know it's a it's a kind of brings everything out there together as one and it's finally coming you know it'll be out in the next month i would say but our issue has been we're such mom and pop you know i have my business partner i took on four years ago rich rich chronister and so we finally got to the point where I am focusing on just our manufacturing instead of manufacturing and social media and all this, you know what I mean? So we've kind of expanded, and so now we are finally have the time to keep this thing up, you know, get our numbers up, and so we can come out with introduce our new sling, which we've been waiting forever. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I think the shooters will really like it. I don't want to give it into too much details until we literally launch this thing. But we've got it out into some of the shoot, you know our sponsored shooters' hands and all that, and uh, it's doing really well. So we're pretty excited about that, and so that should literally be coming out within the next month or so. Awesome, and
0: everyone could find that where?
1: Uh, that's so we're going to launch that. We'll launch it on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and all that. But it'll be on our site, uh, obviously, shortactionprecision.com. com, and then also uh, you know we have a bunch of other dealers as well. Not sure if you know this, but we we have dealers all across the the world. We have dealers in Norway, uh, Switzerland, England, uh, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, I believe. And nice. uh, so th- you'll be able to find it at all our dealers, you know, and go from there. So,
0: awesome! Congratulations.
1: Thanks, man. We yeah, we're pretty pumped about it. It's been a long time coming. I know a lot of shooters. I was talking about three years ago, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait for that to get out. I want one," you know. And it's like, finally, you know. <laughs> Ugh.
0: The the most anticipated sling for the past oh, five seriously, years. Seriously, <laughs>
1: man. And been, like it's it's been frustrating because, you know, we I'm like working on all our other products I I'm like, gosh, you know, we need I I gotta get this stuff out. And it's it's just it's been growth pains, you know what I mean? Which is good growth, but it's just been stressful and trying to do this because we don't want to overextend ourselves, you know, right. we still want to keep this growing the right way, you know, as a business uh business person and all that stuff. So yeah. Well, that's awesome.
0: That's very cool. We really appreciate your time taking out uh, for. Just so you guys know a little backstory, Nathan and I have been trying to do this podcast for like two months.
1: <laughs> it's been a it's been a struggle, man. It's crazy with the amount of stuff that comes up. You know, we're doing behind the scenes and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, all of our schedules have just been crazy. So I'm super stoked to have been able to uh, talk with you this morning.
1: No and, problem. Uh, oh, the last thing I was going to bring up: if you are you going to NorCal? Oh yeah. Okay, so. I forgot how many years ago this was. Me and Vu fam, we did a bet, and so Vu brought it up, and I totally forgot about. And I am a man of my word, right? So I I forgot. I totally forgot what the bet was about. All I know was we were. The bet was if he lost, he had to wear a shirt from an old club that he wasn't a fan of. You know, to I believe it was to Shot Show because I mean he despises this club. It was an old California club, and so and if I lost. Or yeah, I think it was either like Team SoCal versus Team NorCal, you know, like whoever whatever team lost, you know, or if it was me against him. If I lost, I had to wear a pink tutu to Shot Show. And I think it was to the Vegas match at the time. Uh, I had some family stuff come up and uh, I couldn't I couldn't make it, you know. And so I totally forgot about this. All of a sudden he posts up on Facebook, Hey, you're gonna, you know, you know, square up on that bet? I'm like <laughs> What's that? I'm like, oh crap. So, so if you're going to be in NorCal, you should see a little person run around that match with a pink tutu on. So it's going to be interesting. But you know what? I'm a man of my word. I don't give a crap. It's going to be fun, dude. You right? It's going to be
0: awesome. And we're going to make sure that we get that on video in an interview. Oh.
1: Oh, definitely. You have to see me in a run-a-gun stage running with this tutu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping the tutu holds up, man. I hope it'll destroy it on the first day. Uh, that's going to be hilarious. It's going to be a it good. It should time. be fun. And that's that's another thing about me, dude. It's like, you know what? I don't take myself serious at all. You know, it's like, come on, you got to have fun. If you're not laughing, what's the point to life? You know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree.
0: Yeah. Life's too short to be serious all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And we got to get you back out here to SoCal to hit that. Uh, deep sea fishing again man last year was a blast
1: (laughs) seriously man that was a great time with all team socal out there yes sir
0: it was good times well i know it's crazy it's a monday for both of us so we got to keep uh rocking and rolling i appreciate your time coming on the show it was a a great time as always and um i guess the next time i'll see you officially will be norcal unless you make it out here beforehand
1: then yeah norcal i'll see you in norcal then so Awesome, awesome brother All right, man. Well, you guys take care. Take care. I'll talk to you soon, man. Bye.